Chafei Av, Tafshinayin Tet. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Harry Goldwag. Lo nafsik lir code. Not going to stop dancing. We're not going to stop singing. We're not going to stop broadcasting. No, we continue. Welcome one and all. Welcome in to this week's live edition of the Israel Show. We're here each and every Monday immediately following Jamie in the AM, 9 AM Eastern, 4 PM Israel time around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is. That's the time that we are on. Thank you so much for joining with us, whether you're listening uh, live or you're listening via the archives or um, or the podcast. Go to your podcast um, software and uh, subscribe to The Israel Show. And you'll get it right into your device. Download it automatically every week. Such a great service. Have a few things to cover. We're going to cover the uh, amazing attack that Israel uh, carried out on Motzei Shabbat in Israel that thwarted a uh, what could have been a terrible situation up north. We're going to also discuss um, what has to be a rather scary analysis by Liel Leibovitz in an article that he writes, that he calls, um, Ignore it at your peril, the Democratic Party is becoming unsalvageable, meaning from a Jewish perspective, anti-Semitic perspective. And um, we do have a uh, a clip, which I found to be uh, really inspiring, of Rav Eitan Schnurb. This is from an interview that he did yesterday. Rav Eitan lost his daughter Rina on Friday when they were uh, at a very popular spring, water spring in Binyamin called Mayan Dani and it's named Mayan Dani because Dani Ganon uh, I believe it was four years ago was murdered there as well um, he himself was injured and a son that was with him, Devir Chaim was, uh, was uh, badly wounded, he's doing much better um, so we're going to take, uh, in, in memory of Rina, we will uh, share with you a uh, piece of the interview that was very inspiring to me. I found it so. Um, so we'll go to some music, as is our practice, and we'll come back with all of that and more. Um, song goes back a while. Chalavut Vash, Old Neidayamim Tovim Me'ele, Yachad. Different kind of Yachad song than maybe we are used to. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Kav Dvash is the group that is singing Yachad, Od Nedayimim Tovimele, a big hit. I think it was maybe in the 80s. I don't remember exactly, but um, a fun song. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. This is the Israel Show. Over this past weekend, uh, unfortunately, there were numerous um, security issues in Israel. On Friday, Rina Schnerb was killed by a bomb that was planted in a very popular water place of uh, of swimming and dipping and, and so forth. It's a Mayan, a spring called Mayan Dani. It was a, seems like a remote control operated uh, bomb that was left there and um, killed Rina Schnurb right away on the spot. Her father, Harav Eitan, and her brother, Devir Chaim, were injured. Baruch Hashem, they're doing much better. Um, yesterday, Sunday, in the city of Zderot. I don't know how many people heard about this. I don't know how many news reports there were about this. 5,000 people were at a big festival, music festival in Zderot, put on by the uh, Zderot municipality. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families, kids, parents, we're together enjoying and celebrating the, uh, the last week of the summer vacation. And um, from Aza, while all this is happening, suddenly three rockets are shot. Thank God for the miracle called Iron Dome. The miracle which is a combination of work from down here by humans and work from upstairs by God. It's the usual combination, right? They were shot down. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was hurt physically. That, that's, that's the point we have to make. Children were suddenly racing to get away from the incoming rockets. Parents were throwing themselves over their children so that they shouldn't, the children shouldn't get hurt. The MC yelling, open the gates, open the gates, so there shouldn't be trampling going on. If you have a kid and you take him to a musical concert and he has to go through this trauma, you can imagine what the next day looks like. You can imagine what that night looks like. And this has been going on for so long. And quite frankly, the world doesn't give a damn. Of course, if Israel would invade Gaza, well, then everybody would start talking. It would be all over the news. Yeah. So it's important that we know that this happened to 5,000 people yesterday. 5,000 Jews were sitting peacefully having a concert. And on Motzei Shabbat, up north was the most dramatic, I think, of the uh, of the events over the weekend. Maybe it's more dramatic because uh, Israel came out the victor in that one. 
Iran sent a um, small group of terrorists with a bunch of drones. You know, those little pilotless uh, aircrafts that you can get for a few hundred dollars uh, today online, uh, almost anywhere. And you fly them with remote control. You have to be very close to the target or where you want to film. Usually it's used for filming or for dropping a package off or so forth. Iran sent a group of terrorists to a spot on the Golan Heights, but on the <clears throat> excuse me, the Syrian border, the Syrian part, excuse me, of the Golan Heights. Just on the other side of the border with Israel with a bunch of drones that were equipped with various types of explosives. And on, on Thursday, last Thursday, they tried to launch the explosives, drop them on Israeli cities in northern Israel. It didn't work. could be Israel um, managed to scramble the signal and so forth. On Motzei Shabbat, Israel bombed the place that they were staying in. It's one of the amazing things besides the intelligence to know exactly what house they were in. To bomb the, um, the shed or the garage that they were using to store the equipment is that you can see it all. Israel has released pictures of the villa in Syria that uh, the terrorists used, had a swimming pool. It was very luxurious until they were killed by Israeli bombs. They probably had a nice time there. And they also released pictures of the terrorists carrying the drones and uh, getting ready to um, try and get them to work. So um, this is part of a bigger picture in the North. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to read for you something that one of the uh, heads of the local councils in the Golan wrote as a result of the um, Israel's ability to thwart that attack. This night, a huge miracle was made, was, came upon the Jewish people. And uh, he writes, we, we have a responsibility, those of us who believe, at least us, to thank Hashem for the great miracle that he made, he did for us this night. If this terror attack would have not been stopped, if Israel would, would have not been successful in derailing it, before it even got into the sky, we would, chas v'shalom, be witness to a, a terrible tragedy in Israel proper. Because they had tens of drones that were armed <clears throat> with the best type of explosives that were on their way to enter Israel's territory from the air and then dive down and blow up in specific air places in Israel where they would have caused tremendous damage and tremendous death. And so he writes... That's the way we have to look at it, I believe, right? 
there's Chazdei Hashem and there's Tzahal. And it's not just Tzahal, it's the Shinbet, it's the Mossad that had all these um, amazing, both the intelligence and the ability to, um, some, some believe on the initial attack when they tried, Israel thwarted it by, by being able to hook into the uh, signal, the wireless signal that controls the drone and make sure that it doesn't get to where it was going and so forth. And therefore, he says, at least those of us who are believers, we should thank God. And he published at the end of this post, let's read it together and thank God for the great miracles that he does for us all the time. And in Israel, it's almost... Uh, a, a daily miracle. If rockets are fired on a crowd of 5,000 people and not one of them is injured, that is also yet another miracle. I uh, I like that post. This isn't the first time that this type of terror from uh, based in Iran <clears throat> comes to Israel's borders. So what's happening up there? What what is going on? Why is this now a new thing that we had one in January where um, they prepared 10 missiles, Iran did, aimed at Israel's targets, and thank God Israel was able to obtain the intelligence on time and attack first and destroy the missiles. In February, they tried to send one drone um, over Israel, and Israel also, and there's video of this, we don't remember it, but we should. Um, Israel managed to knock the drone out of the sky, and now in August, and this is all run by Iran, Iran's Revolutionary Guard, led by Kas. Qasem Soleimani and his Quds Force. It's uh, if you listen to Malcolm Honline with Nachum Siegel every Friday, it's a name that's well known to you. This is a rogue nation sponsors of worldwide terrorism, and what do they do? Well, Assad, Bashir Assad, the dictator of uh, Syria, has been stuck in a civil war for years. Millions, more, more than a million people were killed. Many millions of refugees have raced out of Syria and are in all kinds of refugee camps in Turkey and Jordan. Of course, the world doesn't care about the millions of refugees that were thrown out of Syria. And who has come to the aid of Bashar Assad? Because that civil war is now almost over with Assad controlling most of Syria. Russia and Iran. President Barack Obama allowed Russia to enter without saying boo and create itself for itself a base in the Middle East so dangerous. So the Iranians who have endless money and endless amount of hate in their um, in their collective heart or at least those of the the hearts of the leadership, helped Assad by funneling weapons and money to him, and they actually control Hezbollah in Lebanon by supplying them with weapons and money. So Hezbollah in 
who controls Lebanon and Assad now controls Syria are beholden to Iran. So they must let Iran use their territory, in a way, <clears throat> as its playground. And what Iran wants to do is very simply to create bases, to create landmass in northern, in north of, just north of Israel, because Iran doesn't border with Israel. So just north of Israel and Syria, just north of, north of Israel and Lebanon. And unlike, unlike in, uh, in Lebanon, where unfortunately Israel allowed Hezbollah to grow, and uh, allowed Hezbollah to arm itself. Hezbollah has thousands and thousands and thousands of rockets that, God forbid, if that day ever comes, they can shoot at Israel like they did during the Second Lebanon War, where, where the whole northern Israel had to be emptied out. So now Iran is looking to settle down, to create terror bases for them, for active involvement against Israel. Hezbollah and Syria do not want to have a direct confrontation with Israel. They know that is not good for them, but Iran is pushing them to do it. So Israel, as I said, unlike in Lebanon and Syria now, and somewhat in Lebanon, in Syria now, Israel is making sure that it doesn't happen. And every time something like this happens, Israel bombs. Israel has bombed areas in Iraq where they felt that there was... Um, Iranian presence being being um, um, initiated. So that's what's happening, and and even Prime Minister Netanyahu's biggest enemies admit that what he's doing in the north is the right way to do it, and is successful, and is having a good a good effect. Is it going to end it? No, Iran is going to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. They've been working on this uh, nuclear weapon to uh, to destroy Israel for a long time, and Israel keeps working against it, and they're going to keep trying. So we have to know that we have an existential threat. We have to keep that in mind. People who think that making a deal with Iran, on, and, and which would have 10 years from the beginning of the deal, which is sooner than we can even think of now, would have allowed them to have a nuclear bomb, if you if you supported that, see what's happening now. The Obama administration was, quite frankly, deluded by some idea that they can appease Iran. It just it, it, it's so crazy. Thank God. Whatever you want to say about President Trump, but thank God that deal he abrogated and has put very difficult, tough sanctions on Iran, and they're suffering a lot. Hopefully, at some point, that will make a difference. So that's going on in the North. That's analysis of what happened and um, and what to expect to continue to happen as Iran continues its quest to destroy the state of Israel. Uh, we're going to go to some music, then when we come back, we will um, share with you this... Um, Amazing art. I found this to be an unbelievable article. Ignore it at your peril, the Democratic Party, as it devolves into anti-Semitism of the worst kind by Liel Leibovitz. 
העברית החדשה, התקווה שש, great song, all about uh, the new Hebrew, quote unquote, which is basically English. <laughs> My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. יש לי דיליי, אני בג'טלג, היה לי אוברווייט, קניתי אנבג, כתבתי מיילים, הוספתי ג'יפג, אני לא בפוקוס, תוסיף לי השטג, סוואג, אומייגאד, שפה קשה, העברית החדשה, אני לא מבין את המבטא, דבר אל העברית בבקשה, אני בסטרס, כל הקטע של העברית מתפספס. סירסטי, יש לי תחושה שזה קורס. קייסס, זה לא בדיוק, זה מבאס. תראו, כולם היום עובדים 24-7, בלי הרבה תשוקה, עם המון פשן. נונסטופ, חולמים על רילוקיישן, על אקזיט מפואר, על סטארט-אפ ניישן. יוצאים לדייטים, לאיזה רנדבו, בלופ אחד, מדז'ה וו לדז'ה וו. שותים, שותים, צ'ייסרים, דרינקים עם כולם, בונים על אפי אאוור, על הנגובר חינם. בין ההיי ללואו, חיים ריאליטי שואו, תאמינו לי, אין אור וסלבי, הלו, כבר הגיע הזמן that we speak the language of the Hebrew man. אומייגאד, שפה קשה, העברית החדשה, אני לא מבין את המבטא, דבר אל העברית בבקשה. יהיה ב-AIG, הקבצים הם בגיף או ב-BMP. הבדיקות US, MRI, CT, וה-MVP תמיד ב-VIP. לא טסים אקונומי, טסים בלואו-קוסט. לא כותבים למגרה, עכשיו כותבים לנוטס. לא ניגשים אל המבחן, ניגשים לטסט. בפייט אגרסיבי, נותנים את הבסט. ואם מתים על איזה שיט, שמים בריבית. אם זה לא מספיק קליט, קוויט קונטרול על דיליט. מעלים לסטורי, פספסת, I am sorry. No comment and glory, you'll be happy, don't worry. יש לי פלאשבק, היה לי בלאקאוט. עשיתי צ'קים, עשיתי צ'קאוט. הייתי פייבוריט, קיבלתי נוקאוט. לקחתי מיקרופון, עשיתי סולד אאוט. אומייגאד, שפה קשה, העברית החדשה. אני לא מבין את המבטא, דבר אל העברית בבקשה. Wi-Fi בעברית, איך אומרים פרוטקשן בעברית, איך אומרים סלפי בעברית, איך אומרים אקשן בעברית, איך אומרים מדיום בעברית, איך אומרים פרימיום בעברית, איך אומרים וואלה חסרות לנו מילים, לעברית יש בעיות, אז מלבין ומלבין ומלבין. If you live in Israel and you know a little bit of, 
of Hebrew, even if you don't live in Israel, I guess. This is such a funny song. Here's just the, one of the parts that got me. Um, Yeshli flashback, Hayali blackout, Asiti check in, Asiti check out. Haiti favorite, Kibalti knockout, Lakarti microphone, Asiti sold out. It's um, the, the message of the song is um, that we should not do that, that we should speak Hebrew. And um, unfortunately, in every society it happens that we borrow words from other cultures and other languages, especially those that are the most prevalent cultures in the world, and as America is today, so we borrow from English. Don't forget that in the days when the Greek culture was um, was the reigning culture in the world, we took a lot of words from Greek. Sanhedrin is a, a, a Greek word, and there's many others. Afikoman, many believe, and there are many. There are many. So, to some extent, okay, we get that, but not like every other word. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Anyway. Very cute song. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. As promised, this is an article. We will post a link to this article by Liel Lebovitz. We'll post a link to it on uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. We post uh, links to the songs we played as well. So a link to that uh, song that you just heard and all the others are there and he writes about how the Democratic Party is slowly and slowly or quickly becoming rather if not anti-Semitic supporting anti-Semitism and rather close to it he talks about and I'm quoting on and off from the article he talks about the unthinkable descent of the Democratic Party into being not just blind to anti-Jewish bigotry but an engine of it. And he he says, let's connect only the most recent dots, for example. The Women's March. Do you remember the Women's March? This uh, was uh, um, right after President Trump was elected and the left went uh, insane. Unprecedentedly, Unprecedentedly so, I guess. There was a declaration of uh, a bunch of groups together that called it the Women's March. Over the course of two years, leaders of this organization sang hosannas, meaning praised, Louis Farrakhan, flagrantly used Nation of Islam as security, and used their influence to reframe Israel as the world's biggest state criminal quite a feat when you have such a calamity happening next door Jews expressed their discomfort but time and again were ignored even told by some of their own leadership by some of their own rabbis that to want people in shared spaces simply not so if you want people in shared spaces simply not to foment vicious hatred of us was to selfishly center ourselves If you want to be part of a big group of people that are protesting, then even if that group is anti-Semitic, 
you shouldn't say anything because you, you, the bigger picture is important and the anti-Semitism is, you're just being selfish. After a 10,000 word expose was published revealing that, that was by Tablet Magazine, revealing that the Women's March leadership was veritably soaked in hatred for Jews and Israel. Some prominent people in the Democratic Party, although not all, finally felt compelled to distance themselves from these obvious bigots. So that's point number one. Then came the midterm elections. A young candidate named Ilhan Omar emerged and immediately attracted the adoration of progressives, including Jewish voters in her hometown. At some point, someone found a 2012 tweet in which she argued that Israel had hypnotized the world and, and, and more. She said worse. He doesn't quote the whole tweet. A few polite Jews apologetically asked if she might pretty please explain to everyone that she didn't actually mean to reference a long-time anti-Semitic canard. She ignored them. Perhaps because she knew that no one in the Democratic Party establishment would care or even push her on it. And in fact, that's what happened. And then things got worse. She met with Jewish constituents in her district and she needed their votes. She wanted their votes. And she flatly told them what she knew they wanted to hear. She supported a two-state solution and she didn't believe in BDS. Well, she got many of them to vote for her. She won. And after that, she took it all back. She even sponsored a bill in support of BDS within months of joining Congress. None of Omar's fellow Democratic Congress members called her out for this sharp reversal, and neither did the New York Times nor the Washington Post give it much coverage. And then Omar talked about all the Benjamins, the reason for Israel's support are all the Benjamins, which outright accused Jews of using their money to buy influence and force America into supporting Israel. A potent mix of several anti-Semitic tropes Some on the left condemned Omar, some, but many others rushed to her defense, creating a hashtag, I stand with Ilhan, that soon went viral. I stand with Ilhan because she's being criticized for being anti-Semitic. Then came the storm following Israel's decision to ban Rashid Tlaib and Omar from visiting. It was revealed that their trip was sponsored by a Palestinian organization called Miftah, we spoke about this at great length last week, and if you want to know more about this whole story, um, go back to the archives and hear last week's show. This organization, Miftah, had um, posted on its website that much about the Jewish blood rituals in Europe are real and not fake, as they claim. The Jews use the blood of Christians in Jewish Passover in the Jewish Passover. That's a quote that appeared on their website. The article and this is the organization sponsoring Talib and Omar's visit to Israel. And it went on to criticize that then President Barack Obama for hosting a Seder in the White House. Again, quoting from Miftah's website, does Obama in fact know the relationship, for example, between Passover and Christian blood? Did any prominent voices in the Democratic Party rush to defend the Jews from these dangerous canards? 
Where is that? Where's the Shomer? Chuck Schumer, who runs around the Jewish communities, whose vote he needs and whose money he needs, and unfortunately gets both, who's supposed to be the Shomer. And where are all the other prominent Democrats? The Washington Post described Miftah, well, we're not going to go into that. We, we spoke about it at great length last week. And then, of course, both congresswomen shared a, a cartoon by Carlos Latuf, a notorious anti-Semitic illustrator. Neither the Times, nor Washington Post, nor CNN covered it. Point after point after point. How these congresswomen, Ilan Omar especially, but Rashida Tlaib as well, have been behaving, have been espousing anti-Semitic thoughts, anti-Semitic canards, anti-Semitic words, and nobody is shocked, and nobody is condemning. There's no outrage, there's no uproar. Continues Liel Leibovitz, friends, we have to stop talking about preventing the Corbynization of the Democratic Party, which he's referring to Corbyn in England, again, the head of the Labour Party in England, who is outright anti-Semite. We have to stop talking about preventing the Corbynization of the Democratic Party because it's already here. And if you don't believe me, if you want to draw a line under all of the above and hope that all Democratic Party needs is some gentle nudging and organizing, I have bad news for you. The next thing coming down the pike is even worse. He talks about a bill, H.R. 2047, by Representative Betty McCollum of Minnesota, that targets Israel specifically, protecting human rights for Palestinian children living under Israeli Military Occupation Act. Of course, the squad all approve of it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley, Ilan Omar, Rashid Tlaib. It's going to say that United States funds cannot support military detention, interrogation, abuse, or ill-treatment of Palestinian children. But that's it. What about other children? What about children in other countries? That's what makes it anti-Semitic, by calling out Israel and saying, this is the only country that we're going to do anything to. This is the only country where America has to stop giving money. Besides the fact that most of the information in the bill is wrong. Doesn't apply to Mexico, doesn't apply to Egypt, doesn't apply to Saudi Arabia. Here's how he ends. Uh, I know this is a bit long, but here's how he ends uh, this article. So where does all of this leave us, American Jews? Many of us are losing a bunch of sleep these days, feeling as if the world may be coming to an end. It's not, but it's changing. And historically speaking, Jews who refused to take heed when things started changing dramatically all around them, very often wound up as dead Jews. 
Let us then observe these changes candidly and without succumbing to the pressures of screaming ideologues on either side. The party our parents voted for, the party we thought would be ours for eternity, appears to be well on its way to becoming something entirely hostile to Jews. The president, we are told again and again, is the single greatest menace to our community, is many things, but certainly not that. What you choose to do with these realities is entirely up to you. But you ignore it, as he says at the beginning, at your own peril. It is very sad. This is a fact-based article, not an opinion-based article. And we have to face the facts as difficult as they are. The reality around us is changing. Here's Shlomo Arzi and Yishai Rebo with Veha Emet. My name is Mayor Wangar, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
My name is Mayor Wangat, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. As we promised, I'm going to bring a short clip, well, it's actually a long clip, of uh, from an interview yesterday that Eitan Schnerb gave on Khan uh, Reshet Bet, the program uh, Kalman Lieberman, both of them were on vacation. The interviewer is Moab Vardi. And he asked, uh, we cut out the question part just to save time, but I will tell you that he asked a question that I've asked many times as well. Seeing the parents and other family members of um, victims who were killed by terrorists, who within the next, within the next day or two are already appearing publicly and making statements and giving chizuk, giving strength and encouraging others and trying to get across a message of their values and the importance of Eretz Yisrael and of even if one ends up losing a child like like they did and the interviewer says I've been following you in the media since Friday and I'm fascinated, fascinated in a positive way, how you can keep your composure, how you you holding yourself in such a way that you can speak a, a calmly, um, almost detached way, um, after your daughter was killed in front of your eyes, and you almost were killed, and your son. And the message that he gives, I, I won't translate the whole thing, the message that he gives is, that we were taught that way from a young age. We were taught to have values. We were taught that the values are the most important things. And we were taught one of the values is to look forward. It says, we cried. Oh, we cried as a family on Shabbat. We cried a lot. And on the day of the funeral, we cried. We've been crying a tremendous amount in private. But it's important for us to share the, the, these values with the rest of the Jewish people. The values of Am Yisrael, Torah Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael. And in growing up, I would assume that part of it is the teachings of Rav Cook, who always talks about finding the good, not looking for the bad. And he mentions that as well. We were taught and brought up to always look at the good, never look at the bad, never focus on the bad, we should say. Focus on the good. Focus on the on the future, not on the past. That's how we can do it. I, it was a very inspiring message, and I'm playing it for you here. 
almost in its entirety is part of the uh, larger interview with uh, Harav Eitan Schnerb. strength what amazing strength they have we're going to end off uh, today's program with uh, Alhar Gavoa Yoni Genut and Daniel Solomon the uh, words Alhar Gavoa Alilach Mevaseret Zion the one that, who's going to herald the coming of the Messiah go on to a high place Harimi Bakoach Kolech Lift your voice, Mivaseret Yerushalayim. Harimi, raise your voice. Al Tirai, don't be afraid. Imri la'are Yehuda, say unto the cities of Yehuda of Judea, Hinei Elokechem. We read this as one of the Haftarot after Tisha B'Av in Yishayahu, Perak Mem, Pasuk Tet. What a message. What a message when the messenger that this Pasuk is talking about if they climb up on a tall mountain and look out onto the cities of Yehuda, they will see that God is already a good part of the uh, of the of the way. He has already begun to make his journey to return in a big way. He has already begun, maybe even almost ended. That's what we hope. Uh, thanks so much for. Well, I, I just do want to close up by mentioning that uh, there's a lot of tension in Israel. Keep your eyes on what's going on in northern Israel. There's a lot of uh, fear by uh, the military that, and the intelligence community that Iran, Syria, Lebanon will uh, try to um, avenge the um, embarrassment that Israel keeps knocking them down before they manage to. Uh, to, to, to carry out their evil intentions and this is, we should keep our eyes on there we should keep our prayers directed to there as well thanks so much for listening thank you for all your Facebook likes and comments and thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel and here's a place for me to add 
A mazel tov to Stacy and Nachum. Their eldest son, Binyamin, is getting married to Kayla this coming uh, Wednesday night. A mazel tov to them, mazel tov to the entire family. Just I can't even begin to tell you what wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people they are. All of them. Bli Ayn Hara. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with the After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports, and then Novik now with Jake Novik, followed by the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next week, immediately following Jamie Dame, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. Yeah, we-